Dr. Geneva Speaks. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks, where you'll hear amazing leaders from across the nation and around the world. Your host, Dr. Geneva Williams, a cutting-edge, transformational leadership coach, hopes and believes this show will enlighten, entertain, and inspire you to make a difference in the world. So listen up as Dr. Geneva Speaks. How is everyone today? I'm just so delighted to um, say hello to everyone and welcome to today's show. I'm just so very excited. You know, we've had such uh, phenomenal guests on our show during these past six or seven months, and as you know, we feature conversations with leaders to help other leaders and We explore the thinking of today's CEOs of corporations, presidents of nonprofits, and chief of everything, entrepreneurs who are leading their market and their organization and really making an impact in the community. And so we're hoping again this evening, uh, today, the show will ignite your soul and have you look at life and leadership through an entirely different prism. And we just love hearing about the personal stories uh, behind successful women and men and learning about what makes them tick and hear what breaks their heart and what what motivates them and what they're doing about all of that. And we know that uh, leadership today is tough and sometimes can feel lonely, but we hope that this uh, today and and future uh, conversations will continue to refresh you and guide you and inspire you on your journey to greater purpose through leadership and Today's session is just going to be phenomenal. We want to talk about how to be the leader of your own life and 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 talk about mission and mission-driven leadership. And and my guest is just a terrific person to do that. Um, she has a challenge, and her challenge, she believes, is embrace all that you are in service to the world and to your highest and most incredible life. The journey waits for no one. It begins now. And this is the challenge from the internationally celebrated Avalara Sahari, who's called the spiritual sage. Uh, she's an executive coach, a life coach, and spiritual counselor. And she's dedicated her life to uh, assisting uh, influential women leaders and celebrities who really want to and who dare to live their best lives. And she believes that it's now the time for all of us to live a freedom-focused life and detox ourselves from limiting beliefs that don't serve us and create a wonderful uh, reality in life. And so she's a life coach and and um, I'm so delighted she's with us. She's the founder of the uh, Ava Laura's Healing Center, uh, where she uses this holistic approach to help particularly women deal with the challenges and life issues that um, uh, stand in the way from them living uh, fully, completely, and authentically. And uh, we, we love that she's with us. 
uh, today and to uh, help us talk about and have a conversation about breaking through fears and making a greater impact. And you know we love hearing about making a greater impact because the show is all about leadership. So let me welcome uh, Ava Laura to the show. Hi, Geneva. How are you? Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. Oh, no, it's all back at you because you certainly deserve it. I am so delighted um, that you're here with us uh, this today on today's show, and, and we can talk about uh, leadership and uh, being the uh, leader of your life. So, so tell us about Ava Laura. How, how did you, you know, who are you and what, what have I left out in the introduction? Tell us about you. You know, I love that question because it's one of the things that I often ask uh, the women that I serve and add value to. And so I like that you now ask that question of me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, I guess a little bit about me. Um, you know, this is this was, has been a, a really uh, wonderful year for me because I'm celebrating a little over 10 years in business. And Ooh. Okay. It's been a really it's it's been a really wonderful journey and it and it really started out with um you know, my background is in psychology and I have a master's degree in social work. And a little over ten years ago I was the outpatient director at a um I was the uh, program director at an outpatient mental health clinic. Mm-hmm. And I really found myself in a very uh precarious situation um, I had bought into the vision of the owner um, and what he wanted to do with his business, and I was really excited, and I've always been that person who is really gung-ho about helping other people to live their dreams. Mm-hmm. And so I was very excited for this, this new venture that he was doing and the opportunity, and I got in there, um, started doing the job, and realized that I was absolutely freaking miserable. Um, It was a very toxic work environment um, amongst Mm -hmm. very negative people. And I found that instead of really being able to help people to heal and to grow and to really transform their lives, really what I was doing was just helping people to maintain their dysfunction. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was not going to work for me. You know, that was not what I had Mm -hmm. spent all those years in school for, I knew that I was created for more, but I also found myself in a place of who am I, why am I here? I know this isn't it, but I'm not really sure what to do right now because now I have bought into, you know, I signed up to help this person, I signed up to do a job, I'm committed to it, I'm loyal, but at the same time it's killing me slowly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what did and you so, do? you know, well, so what was interesting, what happened was, um, you know, I kind of got to that point where I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh-huh. I um, I went on a spiritual retreat. It was a women's retreat for a weekend, and I got back to all the things that I love. Um, I was doing yoga. I was um, praying. I was meditating. And I literally found myself sort of at this, this breakdown point um, where a lot of times when my clients come to me, but I was at this breakdown point and I found myself on my hands and knees, you know, crying out to God, like, please get me out of this mess. 
I don't know what to do, but I know that I can't stay here any longer. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was I went back to work that Monday. It was a normal day, and uh, my boss called me into his office, and he fired me. Oh, just like okay. that. I was out of a job. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and so, you know, and at first I was really angry. You know, ego kicked in, like, how dare you fire me? I've done this, I've done that, all the things that I have done, you know, for this business. And then spirit kicked in, and I had this, this sense of relief of this was an answered prayer. Mm-hmm. And now okay. I have a decision to make. What am I going to do with my life? Now I get mm-hmm. to decide. And um, what I decided to do uh, was six months later, Ava Laura's Healing Center was born, and I never looked back. Okay. So so this is kind of something that uh, you feel was, was made to happen, I mean, taking you down this path and putting this adversity in your life really led you to to doing the wonderful things you're doing now. Absolutely. I think that, you know, what I'm doing now is always what I was supposed to do. Uh-huh. You know, but sometimes okay. we get a little off track, you know, or what mm-hmm. it seems like mm-hmm. is off track. It wasn't really. It was just all a part of the journey. I needed that experience. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's step back just a little bit. Um, so you, um, so so tell me, where where did you grow up? Tell, tell us about your childhood. Are you uh, born and raised in where? I was born and raised in um, Hartford, Connecticut. Um, okay. I you know, which is is really you know interesting for most people because it's so funny. Um, you know, there's this whole misconception, I guess, about Connecticut that, you know, everyone's wealthy, everyone's white, and, you know, and here I mm-hmm. am, um, you know, born in Connecticut. And I was, um, you know, interestingly enough, I, I was, you know, grew up in predominantly black Hartford, but in middle school my parents moved me to a predominantly white suburb. And that was a really sort of defining experience for me because even though I was in Connecticut, and of course it is predominantly white state, I was still raised amongst um, the black community. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. when I ended up going to this now predominantly white community, it was a whole culture shift that I had to get used to and I had to navigate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and how did you do that? Did you you remember any, uh, uh, you know, whenever we talk about navigation, I always, it's just a natural entree for me into leadership because so often uh, leaders have to navigate things. And, and as a youngster, uh, were there any uh, particular lessons or leadership experiences that you had as you were navigating um, that cultural shift? Oh, so many things. Um, You know, it was a really interesting experience because a lot of times people will complain about, you know, particularly when you are amongst one of the few blacks. I mean, there were, in middle school, I think it was maybe, it was me and one other black kid in in my middle school. And when I got to high school, it was a little bit more, but that's only because they were busting you know, black kids, and it was called. It was a program called Project Concern. So they were busting mm-hmm. black kids in from the inner city, and so there were a little mm-hmm. more black kids in my high school. But in middle school, it was like me and one other black person. Um, 
Okay. And so, you know, there, there wasn't, you know, racist overtones like maybe most people would think. But then that, that did happen in my neighborhood, and I think in particularly my parents experienced that because we were the only black family in our neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. But what was really interesting in school is that, you know, the white kids were very curious about me because there weren't any mm-hmm. of us there. And so everything mm-hmm. that I did almost was on display. You know, mm-hmm. Ooh, do, okay. all, do all, um, you know, black kids do things like that? Do they all write like that? Do they all, you know, like they were just very curious about me. And, and you know, and it put me in a space of, you know, at, at one point being self-conscious, but also I think at a very early age it kind of helped me to own who I was. Okay. And, and see myself okay. a little differently, kind of look at myself through the lens of other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and, that was, and it the, was that was yeah. very important for me. Mhm. Mhm. And so, so Connecticut, and so then uh, you went to what uh, K through twelve there, and graduated high school in Hartford. I graduated um, high school actually in the suburb of Hartford called New England. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then from there went to Howard University. K two, yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah. okay. I sure did. So, what took you to Harvard, uh, Howard University? Well, one of the things for sure is that I knew in all of my, you know, any of my, any of my friends in high school could tell you, my parents, my family, everybody could tell you, is that I was not staying in Connecticut. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew I was going. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Okay. I made that okay. up in my mind very clearly early on. And and, mm-hmm. and so having that experience led me to want to go to a historically black college. Mm-hmm. So then it was just okay. a matter of which, you know, which HBCU I wanted to go to. And I'm always one, I want to go to the best. And and Howard mm-hmm. was the best. And um, and I also had a cousin um, who was also at Howard. He was at his senior year in Howard when I was entering in as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you went to Howard, um, what kind of experiences did you have there? Did you have any uh, leadership experiences that uh, you particularly remember or were important to you at the time? You know, the beautiful thing about Howard was, um, you know, and, and, you, and I'm sure you know this, you know, uh, the perception amongst a lot of people is kind of, you know, maybe that all black people are the same. You know, we all have, you know, similar experiences, you know, because we're, you know, the same culture. And, you know, the thing that happened to me in high school was that, you know, the black kids, we all kind of hung out together because we were the only ones. It was kind of like Mm -hmm. us against them. Mm -hmm. But when I got to Howard, it was so cool to find other, you know, black people that were just like me. And we weren't just hanging out together because we had that commonality of, you know, our, our skin tone and our culture, but we actually had similar goals and similar values and we looked at the world in a similar way. Mm-hmm. 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 And that was a beautiful experience to be able to connect with like minds and to know that, you know, I'm not that weird after all, <laughs> you know. I'm not <laughs> There, there is a tribe out there for me. There are some people that are just like me. Uh-huh. And that was a wonderful yeah. experience. 
And, and, and the other thing that happened at Howard, too, is that I realized, well, a few things. <laughs> Anybody who's going to historically do that college, you know, um, and this is kind of a running joke, but I say this all the time. I've always been a very strong person. I've always been very determined. But Howard taught me that you absolutely have to learn to advocate for yourself. Nobody mm-hmm. is going to do it for you. And you absolutely mm-hmm. do not take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. So when you're at the mm-hmm. A building and they're telling you that you're not validated and you can't go to your class because they don't have your student loan money, who can I talk to? I'm going to stay here until I find somebody to talk to who's going to help me to get in my class because I am not taking no for an answer. Right. <laughs> yeah, that uh, whole, uh, you know, you got to figure it out and you got to come up with different strategies to get what you want. Yes, you do learn that in historically black colleges. I went to uh, Morgan State, up the road a piece from Howard in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just a phenomenal experience. And I think the other thing that I uh, remember uh, about Morgan um, and the historically black college experience was the network of support. And absolutely, um, uh, you know, positive reinforcement that that you know just was just oozing out. You know, every every time I turned around, I, I don't think I appreciated it as much while I was there. I, I really recognized it as I look back on the experience. Absolutely, absolutely, and how and, and that's what I said. You know, finding your tribe, I mean, that, that is a beautiful thing, and that's yes. one of the things that I talk about now is, you know, who's on your team. You know, I talk about having your mm-hmm. super soul success team. Who's on your team? And you're absolutely right that that is a beautiful, that, that sense of community um, that mm-hmm. we're so lacking right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you see it's important to have that uh, team uh, surrounding you, whether you're in college or in the workforce or in the community? Absolutely. There, there mm-hmm. is, you know, no substitute for having tremendous people around you, you know, because really people either lift you up or they take you down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, how, and so you want to choose. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. How do you choose that? How do you create that team? First, you know, that I, that I know that it's really important, I really do believe that like attracts like. Okay. And so it is absolutely important that you know who you are mm-hmm. and that you stand mm-hmm. and you operate in your truth. And when you're very mm-hmm. clear about who you are, when you're very clear about your purpose for being, when you stand and you operate according to your truth, according to your soul signature, according to your values, the people who resonate that with that will come to you. You will find each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, it's almost like a bat uh, signal. You know, like you're sending a bat signal yes. out, you know, to the universe. Uh-huh. And I mean, and okay. you really do find each other. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah. So often when um, I talk to leaders like yourself, uh, one of the constant themes is about this whole aspect of knowing yourself, being true to yourself. This whole aspect of self development as a leader. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's so, no substitute um, for that. 
Yeah, none whatsoever. And so, um, so then, you know, while you were at Howard, you went into social work. Was there a particular actually, reason why you took? Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually what happened, and this was another defining moment for me. Um, my bachelor's okay. degree is in psychology, so that that was what okay. I majored in undergrad. And okay. the reason that I did that is because when I was applying to college, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I can look back at it now and laugh, but I didn't really know, like, what my gifts were. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, I kind of measured myself, like, well, I can't really sing, I can't really dance, I can't, like, I don't know what I'm really good at. And then, you know, kind of talking to my mom and people, they're like, Ava Laura, you're a natural counselor. Like, you talk to everybody, you advise everyone. Everybody comes to you with their problems. You you always lead people. Even when you're not supposed to, you're always bossing people around and telling them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and so I decided to major in psychology because I wanted to, um, I wanted to be a counselor. Okay. And so my mother okay. said, well, if you're going to major in psychology and if you're going to do counseling, you've got to get your Ph.D., Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, okay, no problem, that's fine, you know, I'm, and, and this is from, you know, not knowing anything about it, you know, my sort of overachiever, I can do anything. So I was like, sure, okay, no problem. So my whole, you know, goal was, you know, get my bachelor's degree in psychology, and again, I told you, I always strive for the best. And so I learned, you know, in undergrad that the best in terms of getting your Ph.D. is in, in clinical psychology. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I wanted. Now, mind you, clinical psychology is like the hardest aspect of psychology to get into, and it's actually even more, um, at least at the time, it was more difficult than getting into med school because when you go to clinical psychology, they actually pay for you. So you, you're, you're fully funded. And so most of the programs were only taking, you know, maybe four to five students a year. Okay. So uh-huh. I did everything that I thought that I was supposed to do um, to go on that track. Um, you know, I interviewed at Duke. I interviewed at was it Northwestern. You know, all these things, and I did not get accepted into one program. Mm. Okay. Okay. And I did so not did have do? a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, you know, I didn't believe in plan B, so I didn't have a plan uh-huh. B. I just knew I was getting into grad school. Right. So okay. now I got to come up with something <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. having to think quickly and 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 really just when things don't go the way that you plan. All right. Well, I still got to I got to figure out the next move. And um, mm-hmm. so I you know, I had to get a job. I didn't want to go back home. Um. So I needed to get a job. I love the D.C. area. I wanted to stay here. And um, at that particular time, um, it was gearing up for the Census Bureau was gearing up for the 2000 Census. So I got mm-hmm. a job at the Census Bureau. And okay. that was another defining moment for me because, well, one, just the blow of not getting accepted into grad school because at that point I was very, you know, I've always been very mission-driven. When I set my mind to something, I find a way to make it happen. And so when that didn't happen, it let me know that well, things don't, you know, there is a such thing of not getting your way. Things don't always work out the way that you want them to, and that is okay. And, in fact, I'm grateful for it because I had no business being in anybody's Ph.D. program. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would mm-hmm. not have been okay. the for me. So during the two years that I worked at the Census Bureau, I learned a lot about myself. I learned that I absolutely was not a nine-to-five girl, that I had no business working for anybody else. Um, I also learned that if what I'm doing is not connected to what I'm passionate about, I, I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. It simply is not okay. for me. And, and so I learned a lot about myself, and at that particular time I also had to come up with, okay, how am I going to get back, you know, seemingly get back on track? And after talking to, you know, professors and talking to a lot of different people, I found out that I could get my master's degree in social work and do the same thing that I wanted to do with my Ph.D. I see. So I didn't okay. need so to that's go to that track. I, social work. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went mm-hmm. back to Howard, got my, you okay. know, got my uh, master's degree in social work. Uh-huh. And so what were you planning to, to do with your degree? In social work? Again, I always planned, um, you know, at that point, you know, more of a, you know, private practice. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, through so many series of things, I mean, you know, the Census Bureau certainly was was the defining for me. Um, You know, having the last job that I had was certainly defining for me. Um, I found that the social work field was, was very limited in the sense that when you're working inside the system, there simply is only so much that you can do. In and of itself is broken. And I realized that I had to then operate outside of the system, but I could still take everything that I learned to serve and to help the people that I wanted to help. Mhm. 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 Okay. So so then once though you've got your um um master's degree under your belt and you know you want to be out there helping people. So what was your next move? Is that when you, um, what was the next move on your leadership journey? Yeah, so the next move was was just I was looking for, um, you know, looking for jobs. Um, You know, and I had an Mm -hmm. interesting, I skipped over something a little important. Um, (laughs) When I, um, when I was in, you know, getting my master's degree, my, my last year, my second year in particular, was extremely rough because I was um, actually engaged to be married. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I literally was graduating in May, planned my wedding for June. <laughs> Why mm-hmm. did I do yeah. that? God only knows. Um, <laughs> I had my, you know, my internship. I had my schoolwork. There was looking for a job. And then I was also taking on other things. I was, you know, again, being that sort of overachiever, opportunities would come and I wouldn't turn them down. I would want to take them all because it was a great opportunity, even though I didn't necessarily have the bandwidth to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was I found myself extremely burnt out. And I'll never yes. forget this. Um, one of my professors said, Abe Laura, slow down. Be still and listen to God. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? What is she talking about? Be still. I have a wedding to plan. i got to find a job. I have to do this. I have to do that. I was like, what is this woman talking about? I was really upset. <laughs> like, how dare her? Why, how dare she tell me that? Um, so I didn't listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. listen. And and after everything, I graduated, um, got married. I literally crashed and burned. I mean, I uh-huh. it, I I just I mean for like a good month or so, I I didn't do anything. 
So you just and, and that was just burned your candle off. at both ends. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and every so single you, end. Yeah. So what did you learn from that? You said it was a wake up call for for you. So what did you what did you discover during that time? What did you learn? You know, some people that was a very uh, spiritual experience for me, and some people will call it like the dark night of the soul. Um, okay. But it was really when I was at my lowest. And it was really where I I, kind of, I just had to cling to, you know, God and say, okay, what is this all about? You know, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was kind of like, you know, rising up like a phoenix. Like I literally had to pick myself up. And that's when I started um, exploring more holistic modalities and self-care. Okay. And, you know, all the things that I didn't learn in school <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and spirituality and, and all of these things that were really important to um, creating and living your best life and from your truth and from your purpose. And that is what mm-hmm. I carried with me into the work that I do at Avalor's Healing Center and working with my clients. Mm-hmm. 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 So tell us about the work. Yes, it's a wonderful stuff. Wonderful, wonderful, and 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 just and I and again, I think very uh, inspiring and revealing because again, you were as you said, you had burned the candle at both ends. You were in a dark, dark space, but out of that came, you know, this realization. You you had a chance to think about purpose and what you want to do and and founded your your uh center and the work that you do now so so tell us a little bit about the work you do now and particularly how you help um uh women be the the best that they can be the best the best they can be for themselves and the best leaders of their own life they can be tell us about your work yeah, you know, so one of the things that I really um, I discovered about myself is that I really am called to help people who want to share their brilliance and their unique greatness in the world. And they're really looking for divine direction. They want to live with passion and purpose. They want to follow their heart. Um, mm-hmm. They want to give themselves permission to be who they really are, you know, sometimes in a world that doesn't always allow that to happen. And they just have this burning desire deep inside of them for something more out of life. They don't always know what it is, but they know that there's always more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what happens is somewhere along the way they might get stuck um, and they begin to suffer in silence and they stop dreaming big because they simply can't figure out how to make it happen. And, you know, some of those issues that I see, you know, with the people that I, that I work with is that, especially with women, is that they are, you know, we we are just out there just doing major things in the world and we're running major schedules. We're trying to balance our family, our children, our relationships, our work. And then we're still trying to figure out how we can also create some time for ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, well, how do I run this major schedule, this major life, this major business, when everything
everything in my world feels so major, and not only does it feel major, but it really is just that major. Mm-hmm. And so things like perfectionism, you know, begin to creep in and, and worry and anxiety, and then what happens is, you know, we start to lose our own personal power to create the things that we want. Because, like I said, you know, like just like I did, I got burnt out. We get burnt out. We lose our focus. Mm-hmm. We lose our clarity. You know, and and we start to operate from this place of of lack. You know, lack of sleep, lack of happiness, lack of healthy relationships, lack of energy. And then what we do is we start to convince ourselves that well, it's okay. You know, maybe I can't mm-hmm. have everything that I want. You know, I can function on less sleep. I don't really need sleep anyway. I don't need that vacation. I don't need that relationship. You know, my job is enough. You know, we, we begin to, you know, focus on that on that space. And, then, and what happens is the things that we really want, they begin to be very elusive. And it starts to feel like I don't even know that if I can ever, you know, have those things. I see this all the time with women. And I'll never forget I had a client who was doing very good in her career. You know, she had great friends. She had a, you know, a healthy um, social life, but she did not have a relationship. And even though she really wanted, you know, an intimate relationship, a romantic relationship, she had given up because she felt like it can't happen because it hasn't happened in all of these years, so maybe God just doesn't want it to happen for me. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what she said to me, that maybe God just doesn't want this for me. And so that's what we start to do to ourselves. We start to... We start to make excuses for not having the things that we really want. And so then this begins, this is really sort of where a lot of women get stuck, and this is the breakdown that I have to help them to break open to break through. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? You know, as you said, a lot of it is, it is, a, very, um, it is a very holistic process. And one of the things that, you know, I do with my clients, um, you know, as a life coach, as an intuitive consultant, is that I really see into my clients. You know, my, my responsibility is to engage with them from a place of my intuition so that I can help them mm-hmm. tap into their own intuition. Okay. okay. Because what I have found is that it's not about – it's not about the guidance and the navigation that we don't have. It's really more about what have we not tuned into. What are we not seeing? What have we simply, mm-hmm. it's right there in front of us, but we haven't tapped into it yet. We can't quite see it yet, or we don't want to see it. So when, when you say that we can't see it, do you mean you help people um, envision um, a, a, a better purpose or a better life? You help them with visioning? Does that play I a role? In- it's really more about drawing out what's already within them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about seeing in themselves what they can't see. So I'll give you an example. I had a client today. Yes. Um, and, you know, this was our, our, our first session, and so really in this session it was about helping her to be clear. And she told me about, you know, when I had this vision, and she's overwhelmed, like, like most leaders are, 
all over the place, doing way too much. And so we really needed to kind of get her clear and get her, you know, sort of focused and helping her to prioritize what was going to help her to achieve this vision. And when she was talking about it, I wasn't clear on her vision, and I wasn't clear on it because she wasn't. And so what I had to do is ask her, why do you want to do this in the first place? What is it that led you to decide that this is what you want to do with your life? This is where you want to take your business. And so we went into her story, and I was able to draw out pieces that she hadn't even thought about and connect it back to her vision, and that was the missing link. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then she became clear. Then she could talk about it from a place of personal power because now she knew exactly why this vision was important to her. Okay. You you know, you talk about, uh, um, you mentioned about um, this balance, you know, that particularly with uh, women and, and female leaders that, we have so much going on, work, home, community, trying to get a lifetime for ourselves, exercise, all of that. And and, and there's a lot of conversation about this work-family-life balance. What's your view on that? Do, do you believe that um, women and, and female leaders should strive for some kind of balance, or is that balance even possible? Is that something that's elusive? Um, How do we do that? How do we balance work, family, life? You know, I think that what it is is that we just have to redefine how we think about balance. Okay. And so it's, it's not that balance is elusive. It's simply that we have the wrong definition. Okay. So we think that balance means I, you know, I got 24 hours in a day, and I have enough time to take care of myself, you know, take care of my my husband, take care of my children, you know, work, you know, a job or or have my business or whatever it is, exercise, meditate, do all of these things in the course of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And really what I have found, and, and particularly with most leaders, we are very go hard or go home. We don't know anything about how to segment out our day and do this and do that and that. It is all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's really one of those things that you're going to have times in your life where you are exercising every single day. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have times in your life where you are meditating every day. And you are eating healthy every day. And you are going to have times in your life where you completely drop the ball and it's just not going to happen. And you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. So so the thing that what happens to us is that we end up putting these unrealistic pressures on ourselves. And that is worse than doing what it is that we think we should be doing. It's that, that, Mm -hmm. that internal judgment going on in our head, but you know you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that, and you haven't mm-hmm. done it, and what's wrong with you? And, you know, we, we, we become our own worst enemies. Mm-hmm. 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 And so, so it really you're, is giving you're, you're yourself permission. Yes. Permission, yes. Mm-hmm. Giving yourself permission to be who you are and to be where you are in that moment. Mm-hmm. 
And so this uh, redefining of what balance is, and really I think I also hear you saying the imp- redefining the so-called importance of balance because I think I'm hearing you say that some days it, it, it ain't going to be balanced and it's going to be all right. That's it. That's it. And that is okay. That That is a part of your journey. Tomorrow is a new day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so how, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think you've just really hit on a, a real important um, lesson uh, to learn. Have you been, um, how have you been in terms of learning that about balance and it'll be okay tomorrow? Has has it been an easy journey for you or has it been tough? Or do you have any tips for people as they're going on trying to learn about this balance or redefining balance in life? Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I tell my, my clients, I, I make sure that they know, you know, when they start working with me, is that I won't tell them to do anything that I haven't done or wouldn't do. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so you, you know, when I'm when so I'm you, talking about things, I'm I'm talking from a place of experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've been there, done that. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Been there more than once, many times. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so I understand the the demands, the, the, the dilemmas. I get it. So mm-hmm. when I tell you to do it, it's not because I don't understand that it's difficult, but I'm telling you because I know it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so in terms of achieving that space, you know, I talk about, um, you know, three uh, three clear next steps to creating the life that you really want. Okay. And and the first step, and it's, it's triple A. Um, it's, it's it's triple A, and I and I you know. I you know I, I use that acronym because you know I my, my father got me AAA when I first started driving. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I have had to call on AAA more than once <laughs> when my mm-hmm. tire blew okay. out. When some reason I thought I had more gas in my tank than I did, but I didn't, so I ran out so I was over on the side of the road with no gas. Um, when the battery died, whatever it might be, I had to call on AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, and so the, the first step really, and, and so when we're talking about achieve, achieving balance is really fit, is the first step is that place of acceptance. Acceptance, okay. Simply accepting mm-hmm. where you are right now in this moment. It doesn't mean that you like where you are. It doesn't mean that you want to stay where you are. Mm-hmm. It simply means mm-hmm. that right here in this moment, you accept that that is where you are in life. Okay. Okay. And if you don't accept it, you have no power to change it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first step okay. is being able to accept whatever place that you're in. And when you accept it, it gives you this, you know, this sense of, of peace in the sense that now you say, okay, I'm in this space. So, so just like I said, you know, when I was working at that job that I absolutely hated, I'm in this space, I hate this job, I can't stay here. Now what am I mm-hmm. going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So now you have, now you can draw on your power because you're very clear about what's going on. Okay. So you accept it. Is that first A of that triple A? Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. That second A, the second step is ask. Is what? Ask, ask, ask. 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 Okay. All right. Ask for help. Ask for help. And I find that with most women in particular, this is the major breakdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, and why is that, do you think? For so many of us, we have been taught the definition of strong is to do it all by ourselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. My mama did it. My grandmama did it. I can mm-hmm. do it too. And if mm-hmm. I can't do it, something must be wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have been modeled this behavior that strength equals do it by yourself. Okay. The other thing that happens is, too, and I hear this a lot, is that, well, Ava Laura, I do ask for help. But when I ask for help, nobody helps me. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because a lot of times we have taught people you know, we have, we, you know, we, we teach and train people how to treat us. And when you teach people that you can do it all by yourself and you don't need their help, when you come asking for help, they don't even know what to do for you. You're right. They're so they don't know how to doing everything you. for them. They don't know how to help you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Or yes. a lot of times what happens is we have the wrong people in our circle, so we're asking the wrong people for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a circle and everybody's in the same space as you, how can they help you? That's right. What kind so of advice are they going to give look you? Look outside. You know? That's right. You've yeah. got to look right. outside. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So the second A is ask for help. Okay. And then the third A, and take action. Action. Yes. Take Do action. something. Mm-hmm. Do something. How many of us get caught up in the collecting of information? And, again, I see this all the time. I've read this self-help book. I've been to this retreat. I have, you know, been on this call. I've studied with this person. Well, have you actually implemented the things that you've learned? Mm-hmm. You have to take action. And many times it will be imperfect action, and that is okay. hmm Imperfect action is better than staying stuck any day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the triple A. Yes. Calling for the ask, the accepting of where you are, understanding. And I, I kind of share that as uh, understanding and accepting the reality where you are right here, right now. Um with the understanding that, in fact, it, once you understand it, that you can make those moves to change. Exactly. Um, and the, yeah, and then asking for that help. And, and I thought, I, I just thought you made just such an excellent point by talking about, you know, sometimes particularly as women, we see the, the, the being strong, you know, doing it by ourselves, and sometimes we don't, you know, ask for that help and go out there and, 
and get that. And then that third and, and you know, taking the action myself. So this is your triple A for uh for women, for leaders, for those who want to learn how to be the leaders of their own lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Terrific, terrific. So, Ava Laura, now you yourself have a lot of, you've got your healing center going on. You also have a, am I right that you have a weekly business uh live streaming show? Yes. Um, so tell I have us, a show yes, called... Please tell us about that. <laughs> so I have a show called Boot to Boom. It is um, Entrepreneur's Roadmap from Bootstrap to Booming, and it actually airs tonight. Oh. Um, it's Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. And I love this show because it's, it's, it's very much an extension of what I do and working with entrepreneurs and helping entrepreneurs because, you know, one of the things that I see is that a lot of times we focus so much on our business, on our logo, on our websites, on our marketing, on getting clients, on getting customers, that we lose ourselves. We don't take care of ourselves. Like like burning the candle at both ends, you know, I got to grind, I got to hustle, I'm asleep when I'm dead. You know, that that really becomes Mm -hmm. the mantra of so many entrepreneurs, and we created this show because we wanted people to really know the real deal of entrepreneurship, what it really takes to be successful in business, and not just sort of pie in the sky, oh, you can make six figures, you can make seven figures, and this is all you got to do, but what that really looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so now this is on, so it's Boot, B-O-O-T, Boot, to the number two, boom, B-O-O-M, right? Boot to boom. Yes. And so that's yes. from, tell me again, that's from your bootstraps to booming business? Yeah, so Entrepreneur's Roadmap from Bootstrap to Booming. Oh, that is cool. It's well, really you know, cool. So many so of us, do... we started yeah. out with nothing, right? We had to bootstrap it. We right. didn't have a silver spoon. We didn't, right. we didn't right. have a trust fund. Right. We didn't have bank loans. Uh-huh. We bootstrapped. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. And so that airs every Tuesday at 10. So when you say airs, how how do people connect with this uh, uh, weekly live streaming show? Sure. So you can, um, We our website is boot2boom.tv. Okay. And you can watch the show live there. Um, also, uh, you can, if you're familiar with Blab, um, it is a live streaming platform that we use. So if you're on Blab.im, you can go directly to Blab.im and you can actually watch us there as well. And when you're on Blab, you can actually make comments. You can, you know, kind of come on camera and ask questions. So it's very a very interactive mm-hmm. platform. Oh, yes. That that sounds fantastic, and and so how it's, long have you been doing awesome. that? Yeah, how long it's have you been? been doing this show? Let's see, since October, since October of 2015. Oh, beautiful. So we yeah, yes, we've had some tremendous guests. Actually, tonight we have Sandra Yancey, who um is the founder of E Women Network. Um, she's mm-hmm. a multimillionaire. She does this amazing conference every year. Um, mm-hmm. And she she's phenomenal. We've had um, we actually we've had uh, George Frazier 
on um, a couple of times. We had Dennis Kimbrough oh. on. We've had uh-huh. Patrice Washington, Paul Brunson, um, Michael Collier. We've had some great guests. And um, and actually, one of the things that we're going to be doing that's coming up this week is special. We will be airing live from the Power Networking Conference, um, George Frazier's Power Networking Conference that starts um, this Thursday. So we will actually oh, be interviewing yes. a lot of the speakers um, at that conference. So that mm-hmm. we're really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I know that's going to be a phenomenal conference, phenomenal. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Well, well, tell me, with all you do and how you help so many uh, women leaders and others learning how to be entrepreneurs, all of that wonderful stuff you do, what, what do you want your leadership legacy to be? You know, for me, it is, I look at, um, you know, this is recent for most of us, it just happened, but, you know, when Prince passed, mm-hmm. and I love, you know, of course it left so many of us heartbroken. Um, we were just completely shocked um, that he, had, you know, died at such a young age. It was so unexpected. But I love hearing all the stories of how he helped so many people yes, and how he would just call people up and say, hey, I want to collaborate with you. Mm -hmm. You know, that he Mm -hmm. was not above reaching out to other people and wanting to work with them and wanting to help them to, you know, bring out their genius and allow it to shine on the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, And you know, and that is how I always try to be. Yeah. Okay. Mhm. Yeah, and he didn't broadcast it or tell a lot of people. No, about he didn't it. need to. He just did. He it. didn't need yeah, to. Yeah, he just did it. Mhm. And that's what you would want your legacy to be. Absolutely, and you know, and I think back. It's so funny. Um, you asking me about um, you know, my my childhood, but I think back to mm-hmm. you know one of my friends that I had connected with, um, reconnected with her on Facebook. And she said, hey, Valora, I just love what you're doing. You're such a rock star, but I always knew that. Uh-huh. And I said, what do you, you, know, so what, what do you mean? And she said, I just uh-huh. remember, you know, when I was new in high school and how you reached out to me and how you talked to me and you helped me. And to me, but mm-hmm. let me tell you, I don't even remember doing this. I don't mm-hmm. even remember that. But the fact that all these years later, I mean, how many, God, how many years we're talking about? 25, 30 years, all these years later, she still remembered that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was just so you special to me that, wow, yeah, you, you know, that I touched somebody in that way. Right, mm-hmm. that I, and I didn't even realize that I had done that. And so that mm-hmm. to me is really important. I love to touch lives. I love to see into people and to help them to bring out all that potential and really help them to not just dream big but to actually give them a step-by-step plan and process how to live their dream. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. so many of us just simply give up because we just don't know how to do it. That's right. And, um, again, you're the kinds of, well, see, from what you've said and hearing your your story, you've always wanted to do that. I've always you wanted know, to. You've always, I didn't, know, I didn't right. know how. I didn't know what it was going to look <laughs> right. like. Right. But I always wanted to do that. That's right. And you're now living 
your passion and purpose. Absolutely. And uh, helping others to do the same. I, I just think it's just phenomenal. And that, that's why I like to do this this show, because there's so many people out there who are, um, you know, giving and doing things, doing exciting things and helping other people like yourself who are out there touching and, and helping others live their passion and purpose. And, you know, and it's just a beautiful thing. And so I, I just thank you so much for spending this time uh, with us and your healing center, which, again, I, I don't know if we said, but it, it's in Maryland, your healing center. Where is it located? Yes, I'm center. in Maryland, but I, I literally work with people worldwide. And so, my, uh-huh. you know, my work has definitely extended beyond um you know, this this local place. I mean, that's the beauty of the Internet and live streaming and all this technology that we have. So I, I literally have mm-hmm. clients all around the world. That's beautiful. And so people want to get in touch with you. Uh, how do they do that? Well, it's very easy. You know, one of the beautiful things about being named Ava Laura is that there is only one of me. So I'm not hard to find. <laughs> I'm not hard to find. I I am Googleicious. You can find me. You you type in A V A L. I'm gonna come up. Um, uh-huh. you know. So uh-huh. my website is avalora.com. A V A L A U R A. And from there, you can get all of my contact information. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Periscope. I'm on everything. Um, so okay. you can go to avalora.com. You can also email me at avalora at avalora.com. And um, And one of the things that I definitely – oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, one of the things that I would love to do, um, you know, for your audience is, you know, for anyone who is listening and, um, you know, would like a consultation and you recognize that, you know, you are a leader, and you want to operate at your highest and best self, but there is more out there for you. Um, contact me. Send me an email, um, avalora at avalora.com, A-V-A-L-A-U-R-A. Send me an email and uh, just reference the show, um, Dr. Geneva Speaks, and I will gift you with a 20-minute consultation. Oh, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Thank you so much. Ava Laura, thank you so much. And I also want to encourage people to uh, check you out um, also on your uh, YouTube. On YouTube, they can uh, Google you and see your YouTube because you talk a lot. You talk a lot about your holistic um, alternative medicine approaches and techniques and certifications that you have and the energy and all of that. We didn't have time to get into all of that. But you are just multifaceted, Ava Laura. Uh, and so I am just so honored that you've been with us uh, today. And thank you so much. Dr. Geneva Speaks. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks, where you'll hear amazing leaders from across the nation and around the world. Your host, Dr. Geneva Williams, a cutting edge transformational leadership coach, hopes and believes this show will enlighten, entertain, and inspire you to make a difference in the world. So listen up as Dr. Geneva speaks.